Welcome into the Elite Two. I am Jake Morocco, joined by my uh, my co-host, my dear uh, MLB The Show crushing co-host. It is oh, the yeah. uh, the one true host of Small State Big Takes, the man, Whatever. the myth, the legend, Steve Scott. Steve, what's going on? What is going on, man? I started this podcast tonight in the middle of a, in, of a middle of a MLB The Show game. Uh, I'm trying to throw fastballs down the middle as fast as I can here to and do some pop up so I can have my full attention for this podcast. Um, wow! But yeah, that's that's what's going on. I mean, not every not every baseball manager can podcast and you know, direct a game at the same time. But I mean, there there are a few people like Steve Scott to begin with. So I mean, you know, dude. That. Fun fact: every single, no matter what, every single small state big takes episode, I have been playing video games during it. Wow! I mean, that that's is perfect. that's multitasking right there. Oh yeah, nothing better. Uh, but Steve, we have not a second to waste today. Uh, we have probably, if you ask the hosts of this podcast, the best generation of Pokemon ever. No doubt. And this, I mean, I, I've always heard the theory about, you know, your favorite cast of SNL is the one when you were 10 years old. And yeah. that, that kind of lines up. So I would say probably your favorite generation of Pokemon is the one when you were 10 years old. And this came out right around the time I was 10 years old. So it was the first game I actually, well, I don't know if I bought it or my parents did so much, but the first game that I actually bought when it came out and played, I think Sapphire was the first one I had, Uh, although I'm sitting right across from an Emerald cartridge that I'll get into a little bit later. I actually looked at the lineup I had, and it's not great, probably because I was harvesting the whole thing for Pokemon Platinum, uh, sending the whole goddamn thing to Pal Park, but... but it's it's just opening the game up and looking at the 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 gameplay again. It's just it's so much fun because I remember diving into it, and anybody who's played the first couple of generations and then they go to this, it's night and day. I mean, mm-hmm. the design is so much better. The gameplay is faster. Obviously, it's a lot more intricate uh, in terms of how everything is laid out. But uh, Steve, so I guess I'll ask you know what what are some of your initial memories of of the ruby, sapphire, and emerald portion of Generation Three. Oh, I was a Ruby guy all day, and uh, I I never watched the, sh- the show at this point. I, I don't recall ever watching an episode of the show, yeah. but I just knew that this game was out, and I wanted it badly. And uh, I actually I, I got a, um, a Game Boy Micro to play this game. Wow. <laughs> I begged my mom, and after a basketball game, uh, went to Walmart and got a Game Boy Micro and uh, played Pokemon Ruby. Uh, then I got Emerald, and then I got um, Pokemon Fire Red. Um, oh, which yeah. We'll be getting into in another episode. That's right. But, po- uh, to, to just give people who are looking at this and reading the description saying, wow, you know, you're only doing Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald for Generation 3. No, we are not. Uh, we're breaking Generation 3 for the first time down, in, for the first time in a generation, uh, into two parts. We'll be doing Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald this week, and then next week we'll be doing Fire Red and Leaf Green which are also awesome in their own right, and trying to combine them into one episode would probably be about the length of The Godfather. So we don't <laughs> want to do that to people. Uh, but there is so much to talk about in these games because they were so much more expansive. And yeah, you don't go back to Johto afterwards like in Generation 2 with Kanto, but it's still a lot to do. Uh, so let's start off with the starters, where, where best to, to begin. And we kind of touched upon this on the last episode, but... This is by far the best slate of starters that we've gotten so far. And maybe ever, but that's something for down the road. But so far, easily the best crop of starters. I'm with you, for sure. I, you got Trico, 
He's a cool looking gecko guy. Mm. You got Mudkip. I'm not sure what kind of animal. What, what is Mudkip? What I you think say that is? Mudkip is supposed to be like. I, well, I would say a tadpole, but not really. It's like a. Like one of those like mud skippers, like one of those fish that you see that like live in mud and there's like all I, I used to see them like a National Geographic thing. But that what that's what I think it's supposed to be. And then obviously Torchic is, is on the nose. It's a it's a bird. It's a chicken. Yeah, a little chicken. Um, chicken with a torch. So this was this was tough because I think I've played unlike the other generations. I think I've played uh, an iteration of Ruby, Sapphire and Emerald every time I've played it through with a different one of them. I think I've played with all three of them. And they all have their perks, like uh, Torchic, once you get to, I mean, first of all, Blaziken. I mean, they, when they're all in their final form, they look fucking awesome. All oh, three yeah. all three of them do. Uh, Swampert, Blaziken, and, and uh, Skeptile. But mm-hmm. it, it is tough picking my favorite one, because as you know, I have a predilection for the water type, because they're always just so easy to use. Oh, but this is this is tough. I think I'm actually gonna go. I might go with Trico. I loved Trico. He was the when I first got the game. That was the first one I played with. So it always yeah. had that special connection. And it's also the I think Blaziken's the fastest, but Skeptile has a good balance. It's also very fast. Swampert's not very fast, but the cool thing about Swampert is that uh, it's the first time ever that a Water type was dual type, and it's a Water Ground type. So you're screwed against a Grass type. But right. electric, it, it's not effective because it's ground type. So that's that's nice. But at the same time, you uh, you really put yourself out there for for uh, for grass type. So I think I'm gonna go with Trico because Trico is just it's it's the only one that's a single single type, I believe. It gets grass all the way through. But yeah. I love Skeptile. I think Skeptile, especially in its mega form, which we'll get to in a, a few episodes. But Skeptile's a badass. I've always always liked that one. Oh hell yeah. I, and you know what? You want to hear something funny? Because mm. you said that you tried them. You tried them all. I have only ever tried Torchic. Torchic is the only one in, that I use for Emerald and Ruby. Mm. I and used something about it. I love the Blaziken. I felt a deep connection to to, to the Blaziken, and uh, I, that was my first. Yeah, yeah, it is my first level 100 Pokemon I ever trained all the way. Wow. So. Wow, that's a good question. My first level 100 that I trained all the way. Do you know? Yeah, do you know? I think it might have been in another. Well, I think we're gonna have to do two episodes of Generation Four too because that's Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Right. But I think it was a level 100 for Alligator. I think that was the first one I trained all the way to level 100. But yep. I'd have, I'd have to do some thinking because that's a good one. Maybe I, I think yeah, I think it was Generation Four because I don't know if I ever did that beforehand because. You know, as a kid, you I think I got my Blaziken or my Swampert up to like level 80 something, but I would like lose interest or there aren't, you know, you sit, you yeah. hit, a, you hit a training wall every now and then and you oh, don't, totally. you know, you play the elite four for the 55th time and you're just like, all right, I'm just kind of done with this for now. Um, but yeah, so Torchic, Trico, and for the first time, the water type left, uh, left in the lurch, which is all right. Cause Mudkip is still that. great. Still great. I, I do like Swampert, but I think Blaziken, I do, that? I, like- I do. On the internet? Oh, people love Mudkip. He's cute. What can you not like about Mudkip? But Blaziken is just incredibly fast and has maybe one of the best movesets in the entire game. And Skeptile has is, is got a good balance and it can learn some, some pretty sweet moves. So uh, not, not bad picks there. But the gym leaders, uh, Steve, we got, we got, as we usually do, we got eight of them. Uh, so we got Roxanne, the Keeper of the Stone Badge. She's, shockingly, a rock-type trainer. Uh, Brawly is the keeper of the knuckle badge. It's a fighting type. <clears throat> Watson, the keeper of the dynamo badge, electric type. Flannery has the heat badge, which, if you can't guess, that's a fire type. 
Uh, and for the first time in, I believe, Pokemon history to this point, you battle your pops as a gym leader, oh, yeah. as a Norman, who is a normal type gym leader. And those normal type gym leaders are always very, uh, very, very tough, very fickle, very, uh, very stingy. Uh, why no? Why? What was it? I was saying, yeah, the, the normal. You never know. You normal, never know. Normal Pokemon are weird. Oh, we'll get we'll get to slacking later. That that mother. Yes. I uh, can't stand slacking. Uh, Winona, the keeper of the feather badge. It's flying type. Tate and Liza. They introduced double battles in this generation. That's the first time you face a gym leader tandem. They are psychic type, and then Wallace. Wallace is the gym leader at Satopolis City in Ruby and Sapphire, and it's Juan when you're it's in emerald so it's different and that's the same for the champion as well so that's a water type now in terms of who was the toughest so if i was going with trico you would think that flannery would be the toughest because she's the fire type um so yeah probably flannery um of course if you have skeptile once you get to water type that's not too bad um I'm actually gonna go with I'm gonna go with either Norman or Winona because Winona had the Altaria and the Altaria was kind of tough to defeat because it was also a dragon type. Right. So unless you got like a nice move that you're coming at it with, you're you're in deep trouble. So and also if you're a grass type, flying is super effective. So I'm gonna go with and also Norman that fucking slacking and have the Vigoroth. But uh, I'm gonna give Winona the edge. She was probably the toughest one for me. Yes, yeah, she was. She was tough. Any anytime an Altaria comes to town, it, it's it's a serious battle. It is. Altaria is a weird, tough Pokemon. It is. It's very tough, and even when you have an ice move, which is four times as effective, it's it's very tough to bring it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the tail of the table on Altaria. I think the easiest one, even if you, I think Roxanne's the easiest one, just because obviously if you have a Grass or a Water type, it's super effective against Rock. But one time, I remember I started with Torchic, and I trained it so much before I got to Roxanne that it evolved into Combuskin. Yep. That when you evolve it, you remember it learns Double Kick. So Double right. Kick is a super effective move against Rock because it's a fighting type. So Roxanne's pretty much useless against all three of these types. So I think she was probably the weakest one. Maybe, I mean, Watson for an electric type leader wasn't very strong. Uh, and I remember the psychic type ones being pretty easy, too. Yeah. No. I remember I, well, the thing about I remember about Roxanne. She has that she had that nose pass. That's right. The nose pass was always tough to get to get through. That's right. I forgot about the nose pass. Nose pass. First of all, nose pass is kind of a weirdo. Like what? What is? What is a nose pass really? I think it's like a. It looks like one of the Easter Island heads. <laughs> yeah, you're but, right. like a like a sentient Easter Island statue. And I, but I do like. I think it's either Gen. I think it's Gen four is when it gets an evolution and it becomes Probopass. I do like Probopass, but oh, that I was. Know that. That was when, yeah, that was the generation where they introduced like uh, sites where you can love, where you can evolve Pokemon. Like there was that mountain in Generation Four where you could evolve Magneton and Nosepass, and there was the one that was the one where they introduced like Glaceon and Leafeon, where you have to go to those rocks and evolve them. I think that was Gen Four, might have been Gen Five, but okay. we'll get to that at another point. Um, all right, so Steve, we are the Elite Two, so we have to talk about the Elite Four. Let's go. All right, so like I did last time, I wrote down who they were, their types, and their teams. Steve, trivia question. Can you remember the name of the city that hosted the Champion League? Uh, wasn't it like Champion Town or something like that? <laughs> no, but it, it was a play on words for – it was a Evergrande City. Oh! Was where you found where you found the final – the final four. Oof, yeah, there's, there's no basketball right now. It's tough. Uh, the Elite Four and the Champion. So – 
We got Sydney is a dark type. Uh, first first person in the Elite Four. He has a level 46 Mighty Ana, a level 46 Cacturn, a level 48 Shift Tree, a level 48 Sharpedo, which is a level 48 Crawdon in Emerald, by the way, and a level 49 Absol. The only one I remember from this team is the either the Absol and the Shift Tree. I remember yeah. the, the Absol was always tough. Uh, always tough to find one and catch one in the wild, too. Yes. Um, but, I mean, if you have Blaziken, this one's easy. And, I mean, really, you shouldn't have any trouble with Sydney. That's the first one of the Elite Four is never really that tough. Absol, I have a question about Absol. Mm. Kind of strangely, it's almost like a legendary Pokemon, kind of. It Yeah, it, it's like one of those pseudo-legendary Pokemon where it's like you can obviously find one and catch one, but it, like, portends disaster when it's around. And that's, like, creepy. I never liked that part about Absol. Right. So, like, I was always superstitious about carrying one on my team. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And it sounded like Lysol, too. That's also that's true. weird. So, uh, Absol, I liked Absol. I don't know if it would be on my team, but I do like Absol. Um, Phoebe, Ghost-type trainer. Uh, level 48 Dusclops. A level 2 level 49 Banats. A level 50 Sableye. And a level 51 Dusclops. So, yeah, I mean, you might... I mean... The only thing you'll struggle with is if you have a Blaziken, fighting obviously doesn't work against Ghost-type, but just use a Blaze Kick and it'll take all five of them down. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. like, that's not... I mean, really, it's not that difficult, in my opinion. I mean, I remember I remember making pretty quick work of the Elite... The first two of the Elite Four. At least the first two. Yep. And then if you if you pick Trico, you better hope you uh, OP'd that son of a bitch because the next type is Ice, and that's Glacia. See what they did there. Uh-huh. Uh, a level 50 Glalie. Level 50 and 52 Celio, a level 52 Glalie, and a level 53 Walrein, which was always tough to take down. But the good news about all of these Pokemon bug Glalie is that I believe Walrein and Celio also are a water type, so grass moves are also super effective against them. But Glalie, I remember Glalie, I don't like because Glalie has that weird face, and it's like really scary. Glalie's a freaky Pokemon. It is, and, like, Snowrun's cute, whatever, but, like, it evolves into Glalie, and you're like, holy shit, like, this thing is, I don't want anything to do with it. So, does a Glalie, like, stay up in the air? Is it, like, suspended in air? I, I, see, I would say yes, but I don't think so, because it doesn't have Levitate as an ability. So, it's so, just, like, on the ground. I think it's just, around. like, rolling on the ground, yeah. That's how it goes places. Which is even creepier, I'm not gonna lie. What a freak. Yeah, I don't like it. We're, we are an anti-Glalie podcast. Yes, here. anti. For sure. Uh, and then finally, you have Drake, the Dragon-type leader, who has a level 52 Shelgon, a level 54 Altaria, back again, uh, two level 53 Flygons, and a level 55 Salamence. Now, I will note that in Emerald, one of those Flygons is a Kingdra, which is cool. Uh, uh, but, nevertheless, yes, you're going to really have to do some strategy here if you are a... Uh, a Blaziken or Skeptile owner, but obviously, as you know from listening to this podcast, if you've got Swampert and you've got an Ice Beam or a Blizzard, you'll probably be okay. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, I, but in terms of how you game plan it with like a, I mean, I think in this, because I think you, you get Kyogre before you go to the Elite Four. So I think what I used to do was I would just teach Kyogre an Ice Move and then just swap it out yep. and just rain hell on the dragon types which was the move and if you had i mean if you had groudon i think it could i don't know if groudon could learn a dragon move but i think groudon was strong enough that like earthquake could probably take out most of them anyway yeah groudon i mean yeah groudon by the end of that is pounding people 
Now, uh, we'll get to it a little bit later when we talk about Legends, but you were a Ruby guy. I don't think I ever actually played an original cartridge of Ruby. I think I only played Sapphire and Emerald, and I played Omega Ruby when they re-released it, or rebooted it. Uh, Now, is there a reason you started with Ruby? Did you just like how Groudon looked cooler, or was there there a preference? Looking back, I don't... I think I think there was a reason. I think my friend had Sapphire, and I wanted the, I wanted the opposite one. Hmm. And uh, but yeah, and, and I had Omega Ruby when with the remake too. So I never yeah. I never uh, I actually never played any Sapphire version at all. Wow, that's that's actually. I think the reason I chose Sapphire is because it's my birthstone. Uh, I was no born way. in September, so that's why I started with that. Uh, and also, I liked the blue cooler, and I liked how Kyogre was a water type. Yeah, um, yeah Kyogre looks cool. And even when they re-released him, Steve, I picked, I played Alpha Sapphire first. I did eventually play Omega Ruby, but I played Alpha Sapphire first. Uh, once we get to those, we'll talk about them because those games are also fire. Hell yeah. Um, all right, so the champion. Like I said, this is the first time that the champions differ by game. So in Ruby and Sapphire, Steven is the champion. And he has a, a Skarmory, a Claydol, an Agron, a Cradley. Cradley, whatever the hell it's pronounced, and uh, Armaldo, and a Metagross. They're all between 55 and 58 level-wise. And uh, fun fact, in Emerald, you can battle him, but it's like battling red in, uh, or no, blue. It's like battling blue in, no, it's red, I'm sorry. It's like battling red in Gen 2, whereas Pokemon are all, like, super powerful. Yep. Um, but if you beat the game and beat him, he gives you a Beldum, so that's pretty cool. Right. Which is one of the few things to do after you beat this game. You can train your Beldum and get a Metagross and, I guess, go back and beat Steven again. Um, but in Emerald, the champion is Wallace, and he is a water-type leader. So you have Waylord, Whiskash, Tentacruel, Ludicolo, Gyarados, and Militish. Now, Militish, Militish, whatever it's pronounced. I always, even to this day, Steve, Militish is a very hard Pokemon to beat because it's got a high defense stat. And even if you hit it with some electric moves or some grass moves, it's very powerful. And I've always liked Militish, as we'll get to in a second. The only issue with Militish was that it was incredibly difficult to acquire one. I was going to ask you, did you ever catch one? Did you ever have one? Well, the only way you can get a Militish, thank you for asking, Steve, is you have to catch a Feebos, obviously, which is extremely hard to catch. I think there's like a 2% catch rate or find rate. Um, they're easy to catch once you find one. They're like Magikarp. But it's hard to find one. And do you remember how you evolved a Feeboss in Generation 3? No. You had to max out its beauty stat. No way. Which is something that is so difficult that they changed its evolution uh, requirements in later generations. I think you have to give it a scale or something in later generations. And that's how you level it up or evolve it. Because that is ridiculously hard. You have to go to like the Pokemon contest and win it ribbons and shit. And who cares about that? To be honest, I did I did a lot of those. Did you really? Did you really? I love those things, yeah. Did you did you also build a, a tree house? Please tell me you didn't build those too. Oh, oh I bought it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and the, the secret the, the secret, secret hideouts. Um, oh, the secret power. Yeah, the oh, se- my yeah, God. yeah, that's right. With the secret hideout. See, now that's where we disagree. We don't disagree very often, Steve, but this has been a big week for us disagreeing. Yeah. Uh, depending on when this episode comes out, uh, people can date it, but uh, George Costanza we disagreed on a lot and then also Josh Allen and now we're disagreeing on the third thing, which is now uh, secret hideouts and beauty contests or Pokemon contests. The first time it's cool, but like it's just such it's just so hard to go through all of it and putting it together and having to like win your Pokemon ribbons and stuff. And did you also make poffins or whatever they were called? 
Yeah. The berry bars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You put all the, the little uh, yeah. berries together and. <laughs> yeah, that was that was all right, I guess. But um, I don't know how we got off track there. But uh, yeah, the champions, whatever. They're they're always difficult to beat. Uh, Militish was tough. Metagross was tough. But um, yeah, I mean those are, those are your champions, and if you win, you become champion. Congratulations, winner. You're a champion now. Oh boy. All right, I got a lot here for general walkthrough stuff. Let's go. Oh my goodness, so much. Uh, so let's just start. This is kind of more of a just stream of consciousness stuff. Uh, I'll try. I have some stuff in a general order, but uh, Team Aqua and Team Magma. For the first time, it's not Team Rocket as the villains, which is probably good because they kind of ran that storyline out. Um, and they're trying to uh, flood the world and uh, completely remove water from the world, which are some weird goals. Um, I don't know if they yeah. entirely made sense. For really one of the few pitfalls of a great, great game is that it's their villains. Ca- what was it? Yeah. Ma- a massive hole in the plot there. Like, why? Yeah, it's like such a weird set of goals. Like, all right, you want to flood the world. Like, what are you going to do when that happens? Are you just going to, like, escape? Are you going to live on like, Waterworld with Kevin Costner? Is that you're going to live your life now? I right. just, I don't understand. But um, <laughs> they kind of come around towards the end, which is interesting. But uh, I was always I, I kind of like Team Aqua and, and Team Magma. I kind I kind of like the storyline. Uh, their hideout, I have it later, but I'll bring it up now. The hideout that they have, where they get away in the submarine, which I remember being actually pissed off they got away, like it was the end of a movie and it was like a sequel. I was yeah. like, I was like, damn, dude. Every time I think I'm gonna catch them, and I never do, even though it's already laid out in the code of the game. But I liked their hideout because there was a lot of goodies in there. But it wasn't too big. I always felt like in Generation 2, the rocket hideout is, like, way too intricate. Because you remember in Generation 2, they have the underground one, and it's like you walk by a statue and you have to beat two rocket trainers every time? Yep. Dude, I hated that. That was That's so obnoxious. It takes you, like, a whole night to get through it. Oh, yeah. Very tedious. And in this, it's like, yeah, you battle a lot of trainers, but there's a lot of goodies and stuff, so you find some, some nice items. But, um, yeah, I was... It was. I thought the storyline was pretty good for the most part. I liked it. I, yeah, I was a big fan of both in uh, Ruby and in uh, Emerald. In, in Ruby, they were trying to have all Earth yeah. cover the, year, the Earth rather than water. Like, Absolutely ridiculous goals. I'm not, like, what, what possesses you to want to do that? Like, there's enough water and Earth to go around. I thought. And then they, and then they're like, and at the end of the game, they're like, "Oh my God, this went amiss! I can't believe it!" And you're like, "You can't believe it! Like, this is the only outcome that was possible." Right. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure that was going to happen uh, there. Team Rocket, or I mean, Team Magma. I mean, wannabes. I mean, wow! It's almost like they got that idea from uh, <laughs> just put calling them all team. I think they get away from that in like the later generations, but um, yeah, Team Aqua, Team Magma. I get it. Right, it's so right. cool, so fun. Um, so Steve, what do you think of the Trickmaster house? Trick, uh, do you remember the Trickmaster? So you remember when you were going up um, to Mallville City? There's the cycling road. Yep. And then next to it, right before you get in the grass, there's a house, yeah. and yep. you you can go back there after you win a, like a badge, and then you you can you have to find the Trickmaster, like get through his trick maze, and it always has to do with the HM you got. But That's right. I remember finding him was the last couple ones actually was kind of tough to find him. Like you actually have to really look to see where it flashes. But um, you must have yeah. you must have loved it because the grand prize was a blue or red tent that you could put in your secret hideout. <laughs> I, yeah, Trickmaster was my, was my best friend in the game. I forgot he was a <laughs> very nice guy. 
I, I remember that though. Like he was like behind the that little thing on the wall there, that yeah. little like piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would fold up. Do you do you know put a space paint or something like that or like in the? Uh, well, that's a good question. I guess theoretically you do. Because you beat the you beat the maze and then you like walk back through like a secret tunnel. So maybe that is his basement. Right. right. It was always a little weird that like you're just going to a stranger's house and doing a trick that they give you. All of that is kind of interesting. How you you walk into like in, in all Pokemon games, you walk into strangers' houses all the time. Yeah, it's a little strange. I guess. You ever think about that? Like you walk in, yeah. one line of, of dialogue for you. Yeah, you're like, not, yeah, it's a good point. Like you're walking into a stranger's house. Their first reaction would be, "What are you doing in my house?" It's not like. Okay, hey, just come on in. I'm cooking dinner. Like, I'm just going to talk to this random traveler. Not to mention, like, we're playing it as 25-year-old men, but, like, it's a kid in the game. Like, if right. some, like, 11-year-old kid walks in your house, you're going to be like, did, you, did you, you lose your parents? Like, I guess in this world of Pokemon, they know they're a trainer by looking at them, but is this, like, wartime and, like, a soldier coming into your house and you're, like, just accepting them? Like, is this how Pokemon world works? Right. They walk in, you're like... By, by pressing B, when uh, <laughs> yeah. when in the tall grass, you can see <laughs> like a Pokemon come. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Thanks for the tip. Hey uh, trainer, did you know that if you go in your bag and use a potion, it'll heal your Pokemon? <laughs> oh, thanks. And then you hit it again, and they say the same thing. Hmm. Not, <laughs> not to mention, if I was in the trainer's position and I kept asking somebody no matter what, and they kept saying the same thing over and over again, I probably would be like terrified by like right. who, who the hell am I talking to? Um, Everyone only yeah. has one line of dialogue in the entire world. It's the same line of dialogue. It's like uh, you watched you watched the uh, the the Kanto Pokemon series, right? The first, the original. Yeah. Do you remember when they went to Sabrina, <clears throat> and they all got shrunk down to doll size? Yeah. And like it's like the eeriest thing, and they're all like, it, it's like the uh, you know, be my friend, like come and, no, come play with me or whatever it is. It's like so weird. That would be how I would think it's like Twilight Zone shit. Dude, um, yeah. Good memory on that episode that's, Dude, that's a deep memory uh, yeah because episode? because that episode really stuck with me for bad reasons because it was so creepy that was weird and then uh they beat i think they end up this is completely off the off the rails but they i think they end up beating Kadabra by haunter making him laugh oh, that's right yeah that that's was how it was episode. yeah yeah he, he brings out haunter and haunter won't do anything because he because haunter's a ghost type he, I think they leave and they come back with the ghost type, and Haunter won't do shit. And then all of a sudden, he like just makes Kadabra laugh, and he can't battle. That's it. That's right. That was good. That's, uh, that, I mean, hey, that's that's a hell of a pull. What can I tell you? One of the wow, few things. Great. One yeah, of the Kadabra, few things I remember distinctly about that. That was that was awesome. That was a good. That's an old school memory right there. Wow. Hey, I, I watched that show a lot. Anyway, um, all right, Steve. What did you like better? Did you like Route One Thirteen with all the soot and the volcanic ash? Or did you like the desert area on Route 111? I was all about the soot. I really? was collecting the soot. Yeah. And what, what, now, what did you do with the soot, though? You, you, I think you, you give it to somebody and they make like a Pokeball for you or something. Right. Yeah. And you can do that all, all, all you want. Yeah. You can keep doing it. Yeah, you get a soot sack. All the time. You get a little soot sack and you go back to the uh, the old, I don't know who okay. the hell made it for you, but the person that makes you the Pokeball. Because I was reading in the walkthrough, it's like... If you do like a like two thousand steps, you get this ball. The thousand steps is this ball. That's and it's right. Like, all right, cool. I mean, if you have a lot of time on your hands, it sounds like fun. You walk but, over the the, uh, the grass and the, and the soot would come off it. That was it was cool, and then you'd like you'd walk up and a ninja would pop up. That'd be cool too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, How about you? I was actually more of a desert guy, not only because you could find the fossil there. 
Um, but yeah, the sand, the sandstorm stuff really sucked, but there was a lot more, I felt like area to explore in the desert. Uh, although I will say the soot area was cool cause that's where you could find Skarmory. Right. <clears throat> and Skarmory is such a badass Pokemon anyway, but Skarmory is cool. Tough to catch, but it is a cool Pokemon and it might be the, and I, but the reason why is because one of the first or one of the, one of the only Pokemon in that game I actually trained up alongside my starter was a trap inch. And I remember training it to a Vibrava and then a, a Flygon. Like I actually, oh, right. it was yep. cool. And I would, I would use it in battle and stuff. So like I, I was like trap inch. That's why I would probably end up going with, uh, with that. Here's another preference question for you, Steve. So did you know that generation two is the only generation that doesn't have unique fossils? I did not know that. That is true. They bring them back in gen three though. So are you more of an Anorith or a Lileap guy? Let me look that up. I want to see what they look like. So Anorith was like the little bug, and Lileap was the like the flower looking thing. Or Lileap. Let me see. Let me see these guys. I want to see what they look like here. Steve is reliving nostalgia in real time oh, wait, for yeah. you. I was the one with the uh, like the flower Lileap. Li- yeah, Lileap. Yeah, all day. I think I was also a Lileap guy just because Cradley or however you pronounce the name was like always stronger in my opinion. Um. <laughs> They were fossils. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, they were they were fossil Pokemon. Those two. Um, oh shit. Yeah, the Morgan now, right? The like a tree. Like Lileap's like a freaking tree. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, da, da, da. yeah. The the abandoned boat was pretty cool, right? That was pretty fun. Ben, yeah, that's right. Exploring that. There's uh, a lot. There's a lot going on in this game. You could dive later in the game, like dive down and. See some shit, but yeah, the abandoned boat that was cool. Yeah, the abandoned boat was cool. I like you mentioned that because you can go back afterwards once you get dive and you can find more stuff. But uh, you also find that sweet, sweet ice beam. That's one. That's what oh, the storage right. key leads to. Oof! You got Swamper, you get that ice beam, and you're good to go the rest oh, of this yeah. game. Don't you? Did you PP max the shit out of that? Always. Uh, all right, Steve. What bike did you prefer? Were you a mock bike guy or an acro bike guy? Mock bike a hundred percent of the yeah. time. I actually ha- I hated the acro bike, <clears throat> and it was literally only in the game, so you could do the stupid hopping shit. Yeah. And like, first of all, it was hard to do on the controller in the first place, but it was all it got you was like a few extra items, and you could right. like get to that waterfall, I guess. But I don't know. I was always a Mac bike guy, like you. Mac bike, you could get a you could uh, get like an egg too, and like ride really fast, and uh, and like go like I used to like. Go to the uh, babysitter yes. or whatever, and then like ride up and down that that like little town area, like a little route right there from that yep. town to the other town, yep. as fast as I could, back and forth, back and forth, until it would um, until it would hatch. Oh yeah, I used to do the exact same thing. I used to I used to do it on Cycling Road. I used to yeah. go up to Cycling Road because all you would have to do is let the button go and it would go all the way down without you right. having to do anything because it's on an angle or sloped or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, and I would just do it like go back up to the top. Go down, go back up to the top, go down, and then find up by the end of that. And like ten times, I'd have a why not. So exactly, as or whatever egg I was, I was trying to hatch at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So the safari zone's still bullshit with its five hundred steps, right. but uh, it's more expansive and you can find more stuff. I always I hated that rule that the five hundred step thing. I think they change it in later generations so you can just do it until you run out of pokeballs, but. Originally, it's just it's so stupid. Like I'm, you're, I'm paying my good money, my hard-earned money, for 500 steps. 
Right. <clears throat> I, and there's certain parts you can't even get to without doing 500 steps. Exactly. It's just ri- it's ridiculous. Impossible. It's preposterous. You know what, you know what else is, is ridiculous and preposterous about that? How you said your hard-earned money? Everything in this game is so goddamn expensive. It is. Like for, for a child, <clears throat> that'll be $2,000 for a, for a ticket to the Safari Zone. What? Yeah. Excuse me? They, I think, they did reduce the price for this game, but I know in Generation 1, the Safari price was ridiculous. And, like, in this economy, I'm paying that much? Oh, my God. We got COVID to worry about, and you're trying to tell me fucking $500 for a Pokeball? Oh, uh, you can chill. Yep. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just ridiculous. I mean, you're you're charging me th- how much for an ultra ball? I'm just trying to catch these things. All right, I don't need to be uh, right. price gouged for an ultra ball. All right, this is completely ridiculous. Um, what do we got next here? Okay, hey Steve, here's a question for you. It's a trivia question. Yeah. It's a tough one though. I will admit. <clears throat> so, can you guess the only two Pokemon of the 135 they introduce in this game? It's a lot of new Pokemon. Yeah. Only two of them had a connection to previous generations. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a hint. They are baby Pokemon for previous Pokemon. All right, I know one. Okay. It is Azuril. That's correct. Azuril is one of them, which is crazy that they gave that terrible Pokemon a baby form, but... <laughs> I was thinking of you, because I, I was looking at some stuff God. earlier, and I was like, oh... I couldn't believe he was a Gen, a Gen 3 original. I thought he was right. Gen 2. That's right. And then the second one, I actually just said the name of it. Oh, did you? I did. Well, I forgot already. Can you give me a... Which generation was it? One or two? Uh, it's a Generation 2 Pokemon. Uh, and you get the you get the egg of it in this game. <clears throat> oh, it's why not? Why not? Exactly, yes. So those are the only two that had a connection to the previous generations. Uh, there were 35 <clears throat> new berries introduced in this game. You can cure all sorts of ailments, restore HP, PP. Some of them were battle items. Uh, I also thought one of the lasting images of this game, I don't know if you'll agree, but the berry trees looked so cool. Oh, I loved it. Like, they were just generic in the in Generation 2, and then they, like, totally overhauled the system, and they look so much cooler. Love it. <clears throat> love, I love the berries. When I, when I saw a citrus berry tree... That I shot through the roof. Oh, you're, my God. You're telling me 30 HP I can heal? Come on. That's sick. And you give them the berry, and they can eat the berry during battle and restart. It is. I love me. Some berry stuff, man. It's some of the best. They had better names, too, in this generation. It like, was, yeah. Like, I remember in the, in the like, Gen 2, it was, like, poison cure berry. Yeah. Okay, no yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But now... <laughs> That's right. It was it was like paralyzed cure berry, poison cure berry, sleep Just cure like, berry. And I'm like, like wow, they really put some thought into these. Yeah. Uh, in this one, oh man, you're really putting my knowledge to the test here. Yeah, I know. The, I know the Pekka berry was the one that healed poisoning. <clears throat> the my favorite was the Lepa berry because the Lepa berry would restore PP. Yep. Would restore moves. That was one of my favorites. The Orin berry would restore ten hit points. Citrus, okay. like I said, was 30. What was the paralysis one? Oh, my God. I know, oddly enough, okay. I remember that Persimberry was the one that cured confusion. What's a, what did a, a Lumberry do for you? I thought Lum was just one of the ones. Maybe that was like an, I thought that meant, maybe that cured any condition. Correct. Oh, are you quizzing me? I am. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, right. uh, what's okay. a Raspberry do? <clears throat> Is a Raspberry a, a one that heals a burn? Oh, I know. 
Or is that just one you put in like a poffin or some shit? Or is no, that a, is that no no raw no wait? Does so Raz does something? Yeah. Does it heal frozen when you're no? What does it do? It makes wild Pokemon easier to capture. I did not know that. I know that a roused berry is the one that heals a burn. Right. I know that. What is the paralysis one? Let's see. Paralysis is a cherry berry. Cherry berry. That's right. How Damn. About, how about a chesto berry? That's the sleep one. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, Lost berry is burn. That's right. What's, how about an aspir berry? Freezing. Yep. Yes. How about uh, Lepa? Is it? Yep. Lepa's the PP one. Yep. Um, Orin, how about that? That was the ten hit points. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there were there were a bunch that didn't do anything, but they were like put into those poffins or whatever they were called. Yeah, like blueberry. Yeah, like those. There, there were a bunch that didn't really do anything, but they were still ne- necessary to uh, build up your Pokemon. But uh, Steve, they added dive as a, uh, a hidden machine in this game. Which was pretty cool. What was it again? Sorry, it cut out there. Dive. Oh, dive. Oh, dive. Hell yeah. Dive was huge. Dive was cool because it was, like, actually really necessary for the game. <laughs> yeah. Dive was super cool, too. Like, to, like, to, to get into, was it Sutopolis City? Yep. Right? The underwater yeah, yeah. city. That was, that was so cool. And then there's that underwater uh, rock, uh, rocket. See, I did it again. The uh, magma or aqua hideout that's underwater, too. Right. And then you can only find certain Pokemon underwater, like Relicanth. So, like, that was cool. Yep. And I like it because it's not, like, cut or flash where you use it for, like, five seconds and you never need it again. Like, right. dive is so important to the structure of the game. Right. Dive. And also uh, Waterfall. They used... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Waterfall was uh, was another one. That was... It was introduced in Gen 2, but it was definitely more more usable in this one. Right. I like, I like the way it looked in this game. Like, yeah. When you go up the, the waterfall. Yeah. It Was it this game where it was slow as all hell, or was it fast going up the waterfall in this game? It's, I can't remember. I think it was kind of, I think it was kind of fast. Okay, because I remember in some games it's, like, real slow, and it's maybe that was Gen 2, but um, but anyway. Uh, they added more than 100 new moves in this generation, and I would say I put together, I think it was, these are my s- maybe seven favorites, uh, Brick Break. Oh, yeah. Which uh, was great because it shattered Reflect and Light Screen. Um, eruption. Ooh, good one. Good one. Blaze kick, of course. Blaze kick, awesome. Meteor mash, which was a Metagross was the one that used that. Okay. That was his signature for a while. Sky uppercut. Oh, I love that one. Muddy water, which was an exclusive to Swampert for a while, and then uh, aerial ace, which never misses. Never misses, and one of my all-time great moves. I love that move. I love aerial ace. It's a it's a it's a key one. I think. I know Blaziken. That's right, because my Blaziken used to have. It used to know Sky Uppercut, Blaze Kick, Aerial Ace, and something else. I had a Sky Uppercut as well, and a Blaze Kick. But what was one that came through? It was a Fire Blast where it came through and it ended up like a cross. Yeah, that was that was Fire Blast. Yeah. That fire. Was, it was like a. It was like the Blair Witch looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd save that for someone I didn't like. Um, that's not a bad idea. All right, Steve, another big introduction in this generation. Abilities were introduced, which now we, we take for granted, but abilities for Pokemon were introduced. There were 77 of them introduced. Uh, there was actually one called Cacophony that has never been used before in the Pokemon world. It was, uh, it was designed to protect Pokemon from sound-based moves like Grass Whistle or Hyper Voice, but it was never ported over to any American versions of the game. 
Hmm. Go figure. So I put together a short list here of my favorite abilities, if you'll indulge me. Please. All right. Uh, Airlock. That was Rayquaza's, Rayquaza's signature ability. It negates weather effects. That's a good one. I like that. Okay. Um, Intimidate. Intimidate's one of the best. No matter what. Like, even to this day, Intimidate's one of the best. Intimidate is still used. It's it's like every time I throw my Gyarados out there in in this generation, it's... The defensive stat begins to to go to to decrease. I I like... The only thing that sucks about Intimidate is that you, if you run into a Pokemon in the wild, like, if you keep running into them, it's not like in the current generations where you can see the Pokemon, you can avoid them. But, like, back in the day, like, if you run into a wild Pokemon, it always does the Intimidate, and it takes just an extra few seconds, and it just sucks. But, um... Cute Charm, which is uh, infatuating on hit, on, on contact, which is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, it's helpful. Effect Spore, which leaves a spore on contact. Um, immunity. Uh, the Pokemon cannot be poisoned. Aha. Uh-huh. Steve, can you guess a num- the number of Pokemon that have this as its first ability? The number of them? I'm going to say eight. Two. Only two, Zangoose and Snorlax. That's it. Are the only two that have it as the primary ability. There are a couple others that have like a secondary or hidden ability, but those are the only two that have its primary ability as immunity. Which, I'm guessing, is because, you know how like Zangoose has that blood feud with Seviper? Yeah. I'm guessing that's why. It's gotta be. Uh, Inner Focus, which I call the Kobe Bryant ability. It prevents flinching. I like that. Very cool. I like it. Um, especially since I hate the flinching moves. Oh, I hate, I hate when you flinch, dude. Oh, man, it's so frustrating. Like, uh, what is it, like fake out? I hate fake out because oh. fake out is just like the stupid little clap and it like barely does damage, but you can't move. I hate it. I know, it's, the, I know it's designed that way, but it sucks. The Pokemon like goes, whoop. Yeah, it sucks. And, like a little sweat comes out. That's right. That's right. Oh, That's right. Um, levitate, which is a great one. Cannot be hit by ground attacks. Uh, this is one I've, don't really remember, but uh, Liquid Ooze. Who the hell has that? Draining moves cause damage, which means if you use Giga Drain or something on the Pokemon, it will actually cause damage to you. And I'll, oh. gi- I'll give you a hint. It was a Pokemon introduced in this generation that is exclusive to. Think Poison type. Poison type. Liquid Ooze. Uh, does it have an evolution? It does. Both it and its evolution have the ability. I don't know. I don't know. It is Gulpin and Swalot. Oh! Which I remember it. Once I saw that, I was like, I do remember actually trying to use those moves on it. And um, it didn't work. Oblivious. It prevents attraction, which means I have that ability most of my life. Same here, man. I've been oblivious my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) We are Pokemans. And honestly, I could not believe it, Steve, but Quag... Quagsire, its ability is not oblivious. I would figure if any Pokemon was oblivious, it'd be oh, Quagsire. Right. But Slowpoke and Slowbro, it is their ability. Okay. Not or shocking. Slacking. Or Slacking. I think, I think all three of them, yeah. I think Slowking, too, has it. Um, wow. Rock Head. It prevents recoil damage, which is great if you're having, like, a takedown or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a glutton for punishment and putting together these little uh, trivia factoids... The only non-rock or ground types that have this as a main ability are Bagon, Shelgon, and Basculin. 
Wow. Uh, I never guess. I know, right? I never would have. I thought maybe I thought Bagon. I could have maybe guessed, but Basculin is just a water type. I can't believe it. Right. Um, rough skin. Here's a trivia question. This should be this should be maybe a little bit easier. Do you remember what Pokemon had this as its signature ability to start off? It, is it Flygon? No, it isn't. But it's a uh, a really menacing Pokemon. Rough skin. Uh, menacing Pokemon. Uh. I'll give it to you if you guess either one of the evolutions. So it's original form or it's evolution. You find it in the water. Okay. Um. I'm thinking of like Waylord, but that's not. Oh, it. you're gonna kick yourself when you hear it too, because you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, that was so obvious." Fuck. I don't know who is it. Carvana and Sharpedo. Oh, duh. I, do I love Sharpedo? We'll get Sharpedo. to him. We'll get to him later. I love Sharpedo. Yeah. Yeah. He made he made my uh, spoiler alert. He made my final team because I love Sharpedo. Mm-hmm. Um, static paralyzes on contact. And Classic. only one Pokemon, Steve. There's only one Pokemon with electric as its secondary type to feature <laughs> static as its ability. And that's Stunfisk. That was a weird Pokemon. That's a later generation one too. That's a it's a it's a it is a weird Pokemon. It's not. I don't think it's all that useful, but it is a cool looking Pokemon at least. Um, Sturdy negates one hit KO attacks. Very helpful. Yes, that was big. Um, and the last one I have here, maybe one of my favorites, Vital Spirit, and the Pokemon cannot go to sleep. Who would have that? Uh, there are six. Thank you for asking. Actually, that's the second to last one. Uh, there are six. Uh, Lillipup, yep. which is weird. I don't know why that's one. Mankey and Primeape. Okay. Delibird. Yeah. The Galarian Mr. Mime, so the Sword Shield Mr. Mime. And the OG of Vital Spirit, the reason it exists, Vigoroth. Vigoroth. Which is, it's that was its thing. It could not be put to sleep, which is ironic because it evolves into Slacking, which does nothing but sleep. Um, and then the Shedinja-only Wonder Guard. Where only super effective hits land. Oh. Which is pretty cool. That's um, pretty cool. Unless you get hit by a fire type move and then you're toast. Yeah, right. Um, other changes in this generation, Steve. Weather is found on the battlefield now. So rain, sun, hail, sandstorm. Uh, I loved it when it wasn't hail or sandstorm because it would always do damage to me. <laughs> mm. um, double battles, which I don't know if you recognize this too, but... A great way to level up weak Pokemon if you do it right. Absolutely. Always have a weak one out there and just try to like put your your strongest and your weakest out there and just lay them both out with like a surf that would like take them out with like take both players out on the other side with one shot. Yeah. You hit you hit that you hit the protect with your weak Pokemon and then you just surf the other two right out of existence. Oh yeah. You know what I would it was it was so primitive now because obviously we're so spoiled these days with experience share applying to every Pokemon without having to worry about it. Oh yeah. But back in the day, you know what I used to do? I used to put a Pokemon I was training next to my strongest one, so like Swampert, Skeptile, or Blaziken, whatever, Kyogre, and I would fly around to that camera crew and I yeah. would just I would just play them over and over again. I love them. <laughs> they I were them. they were they they were always there. They were reliable. Like a real news team. Fight. Oh, they were always ready to fight with that X Plowd and the Magneton. They were always ready to go, and yeah, it was it was kind of tough because you'd have to fly around and find them every time. But you know what? These were tough times, kids. All right, what can I tell you? Just stalk them out. (laughs) All right, Steve. Here's a here's a tough trivia question for you. Yeah. There were seven new Pokeballs introduced in this generation. 
Can you name at least three of them? New ones. Um, okay, netball. That was one. Yes, the netball uh, was one of them. All right. Uh, the uh, uh, give me a hit. Give me a hit. Love ball. Uh, n- no. Um, one of them has to deal. Okay, well, that would be that would give it away. Um. One of them has to do with a, a new move that was introduced in this generation. One that we uh, just talked about. We already, uh, new move. I don't know. Uh, all right, so the other ones were Nest Ball. Nest Ball, hell yeah. The Repeat Ball, which yep. worked, worked better on Pokemon you've already caught. The Timer Ball, which is a good one because that one is like the longer you, your battle goes on, the more effective it becomes. The luxury ball, which I don't know what the hell that is. The dive ball, which worked better on underwater Pokemon. And I was going to say dive ball too, son of a bitch. And in my opinion, the worst Pokeball in the history of the game, the Premier Ball. What is the Premier Ball anyway? The Premier Ball is the one you get as a bonus when you buy at least 10 Pokeballs. And they say, hey, we threw a Premier Ball in there for you. And its resale value is $10. It is worthless. It does nothing for you. What is the strength of a Premier Ball? Nothing. Less there, than a Pokeball? No, there's. I think it's. I think it's the same amount of strength as a Pokeball. But that's the thing. It's useless. Brutal. It's not like you get an Ultra Premier Ball or a Great Premier Ball or a Master Premier Ball at some point. You get regular ones. That is it. And they counterfeit Pokeball. Ooh, and also underrated but key. You can catch new Pokemon without switching your boxes for the first time. Right. So if you catch a great Pokemon, it's not like, oh, shucks, you have to let go of this Raikou because you don't have room in the box. Right. Sucks. Uh, you can also uh, move Pokemon in the, at the computer instead of, like, depositing true. and withdrawing. Exactly. It's much easier. Um, there were no new types introduced in this generation, Steve, so shucks. But they loaded up on the dual types. Can you guess how many dual-type Pokemon there were in this generation? Uh, I'm going to say 30. Uh, 61. Whoa! 61. And I had to be very precise with that math because the Pokedex on Bulbapedia uh, reflects current double-types. So, like, Gardevoir is only a psychic type in this generation, not a fairy type yet. So I account for that. But 61, yes. Um, uh, And you know what? Let me tell you something right now, Steve. Vigoroth, here's a hot take for you. The first Pokemon yet where the where the second form is better than the evolve, the fully evolved form. Uh, I, I'm with it because we'll get to it in a second when we talk about the most overrated ones. But I hated Slacking. I thought Slacking sucked. There was no point to him. His ability Truant, he couldn't move every other move or every couple moves. It right. was ridiculous. Um, I actually, I yeah. actually wrote in my notes today, like. One of the pointless Pokemon of our time is Slaking. Yeah. It's a, literally like a fucking knockoff Snorlax. It, it's a, it is a much worse Snorlax, too. Yeah, like, much worse. And it's not like like I, it's not like Militish, for example, where it's like the complete polar opposite of a Gyarados, where it's like not a Gyarados is aggressive and brutal, and Militish is kind of like this calming Pokemon. It's right. They just did like a worse version right. of... Of a of a of a, of a Snorlax, and I love Vigoroth. So like, if there was any Pokemon that I was going to give an Everstone to, it was probably going to be Vigoroth because I didn't. I never wanted it to evolve. Uh, Steve, let's talk about Legends because every generation has them. And you know there are count them 
10 legendary Pokemon in this game. 10. 10 of them. You have Regirock, Regice, and Registeel. Yep. Which are sort of a pain in the ass to find. But which one was your favorite? I gotta be honest with you, I had a weird thing where I didn't like any of those Reg, any of those Reggie guys. I yeah. had no feeling for them. But if I had to pick one, it would be Regice. Okay. I think Regice is badass. I think Registeel is my favorite, then Regice, then Regirock. Regirock sucked. So, wasn't a fan. Regirock, yeah, no one's messing with Regirock. Uh, we teased it a little bit last week, but Latias and Latios, the floating Pokemon that you can, uh, it's way easier to find them in the remakes, obviously, because they kind of come to you in those. But these are the ones you want to save your Master Ball for, because the second you find them, they they uh, flee. So, you really can't afford to be messing around with them. Now, uh, I have to yeah. tell you something. I don't know what game it was, but I caught, I, I don't know if it was in, in the, the remakes or in this one, but I caught a, my Latios with the Ultra Ball. I think that was the remake, yeah. Unless you threw it on the first try and caught it, which, I mean, that's, you should be in the Pokemon Hall of Fame if you did that. <laughs> I, that's, I don't remember. I, 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 I wish I did, but I don't, I think oh. I, yeah, I don't know. Hey. I, I used my Master Ball on, uh. On Groudon. Yeah, I used my Master Ball the first time I played it. I used it on Kyogre, and then I was like, well, that was cool. And then I was like, oh, what's this dragon? Right, oh, shit. And then I have to catch Rayquaza, Rayquaza with a, an Ultra Ball. Uh, speaking right, of right. Kyogre and Groudon, I'm assuming you're a Groudon guy. Oh, yeah, all day. Yeah, I'm a Kyogre guy. That's just my thing. That was, it's, I think that's bred into us from the first game we played. You know, if, if I played Ruby first, I'd be more of a Groudon guy. I get it. Um, but... In my opinion, the best legend thus far through three generations is Rayquaza. Rayquaza is yeah. incredible. I loved playing with him. He or it, whatever. I don't know if it has a gender in the game. Uh, I think most legends don't have one, but um, Rayquaza is awesome. And there's really, I know, I know it sounds basic, but like, it's just so cool. And it has its own ability. It has its own move. I forget what. The, it has extreme speed and it has it can it knows fly automatically, which is like so cool because you don't teach it that. And right. there's another move. I'm gonna look it up. There was a move that was exclusive to it in that game. Now I gotta find out. Rayquaza. Yeah, uh, signature move. Okay, apparently most people look at this. Uh, oh, um, nope, that was in the updated game. Dragon Ascent, which is also cool. Maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe it's maybe I'm thinking of the uh, updated games where it learns Dragon Ascent. But um, I love Rayquaza. And then Steve in the "Did you ever see one?" category, which we seem to have every episode, a yep. Jirachi. Ah, uh, for some reason I feel like I did, but I don't. I don't fully remember. I, I, I feel like I did though. Ne- I never saw one in the wild. I can tell you that right now. Either game in the updated ones or the, or the old ones, but. I will where tell you. you uh, what was it? Where, where would you see one? That's like, where, like where were they supposed? To, like where would they be? Well, we did this for Celebi last week, so let's do it for Jirachi. Where would you find one? I know that Jirachi and Deoxys were apparently released around the time their movies came out, which I guess is good marketing. But uh, Deoxys, you're able to catch in the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire games. Like you, you, you battle it in like space or some shit, and you can you can catch it. Um, wow! I never. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But um, come on, where the hell is this thing? I'm on. What page am I on? Oh, where to find? Uh, yeah. Uh, trade or migrate from another game. So yeah, I think it was. I think it was an event Pokemon. 
All right. Like a mystery oh, you gift. Know what? I had a Jirachi in uh, from a mystery gift when they did the yeah. the uh, oh whatever it was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. When they did the one where they did it, like every month for a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I got my Arceus. <laughs> There you go, me too. Lo- Arceus, oh, all that shit. Arceus, the man. Um, yeah, I guess I missed the Jirachi month. Maybe I don't know if I looked at my Pokedex. Maybe I did go crazy and trade for one or something. But anyway, uh, Steve, most overrated Pokemon. Hold on, I wrote this down. All right, so I'll start off. So you have time to look it up. Yep. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. Uh, Shift Tree. Get out of my face. Too many weaknesses. Too much bluster. I didn't think he was that cool. Uh huh. Uh, Masquerain, which was like that butterfly-looking Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Yep. It evolved from a Surskit. Uh, now, it had Intimidate as an ability. Like, what are you intimidating? Like, okay, you got cool wings, whatever. Uh, slacking, we already uh, roasted him enough. Uh, this might be controversial, but Linoon? Yeah. Not a fan. Didn't, didn't like it either. Didn't, didn't like Linoon at all. Uh, Torkoal. <laughs> Torkoal, yeah, did <laughs> No fan. Not a fan. Uh, major legs for that Pokemon, though. It's it's even it's in Sword and Shield too. So whatever they saw in Torkoal, they really uh, yeah really bit into it. Uh, speaking of bite, uh, Saviper. I was more of a Zangoose guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, this is going to sound very controversial. Salamence. Not a big fan of Salamence. Not huh? a Salamence fan. I don't know what it was, but I always felt like it was it was like. They were trying to make a Dragonite, but Dragonite's cooler, stronger, and I think more effective. But Salamence is a flying dragon type too, and it's way easier to take down with a nice move. So, Salamence, get out of my face. What do you got? I like. It. All right, I have written down an underrated Pokemon, which I will get. I to. I also are you. Sh- we did not coordinate this. We've never done underrated ones. I have one for the first time too. What you got? If it's no, do your overrated ones first, because I right. I want to build the suspense. Alright, over, overrated. I actually have a shiftery. <laughs> Good. There we go. I like it. Yep. Uh, and I wonder. I, I always wondered if shiftery was like based on like a some kind of legend or like some kind of legend or something like that. Because it's too weird to like not like exist somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. weird looking. Yeah. Uh, but I have shiftery. Uh, one that I thought was absolutely idiotic is a, a spoink. Yeah, Spoink, Spoink sucks. I'm not gonna Spoink lie, but you know sucks. what? While while we're on that topic, my underrated Pokemon yep. is Grumpig. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought Grump. I th- I Spoink was stupid, but I actually liked Grumpig a lot. Grumpig's kind of cool. Grumpig kind of reminds me of Miltank in a way. And Grumpig, the reason I thought of Grumpig is because Torkoal's lasted all these generations. I don't know if I have ever seen Grumpig in another game. The only pig-based Pokemon I can think of, really. Oh, other than uh, Embor, remember that one? That was like a starter Pokemon. Like, oh, maybe you never. Right. Oh wait, maybe yes. if you never played Generation Five, you might not know. I do know what you mean, though. So then, yeah, there's there's a couple, but Grumpig was the original. And don't give me this Snubble bullshit, okay? That's not a pig. What is this? Snubble's like a little pug Pokemon, little weirdo. Yeah, it's more of like a. It's like a. I don't really even know what kind of what it's supposed to. Be. I think maybe it's like a pit bull. I think is what it's supposed to be, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, Grumpig, have some respect for the OGs, uh, Grumpig. But anyway, I'll let you finish your overrated ones. Yeah, just fuck Spoink. Spoink's a weirdo. That's the move right there. Avoid Spoink. You evolve that Spoink as soon as you can. You don't want yeah. a Spoink in your lineup. Fast track it to, to Grumpig, please. Fast track. Anyway. Um, what else? I, oh, another another terrible Pokemon. 
Love Disc. Yeah. What the fuck is a Love Disc? I will tell you, Love Disc was useful for one thing and one thing only, and that was they had heart scales. Yeah. And heart scales is how you could you could learn moves that your Pokemon le- or like knew earlier or whatever. Like you trade them in, you can learn like the move rem- reminder or whatever it was called. Yep. Like that was the only thing Love Disc was useful for. It was absolutely useless in a, as a Pokemon. It wasn't effective at all. Love Disc was completely a loser. <laughs> really was. We're really just put, putting a Love Disc on blast. We're insulting a Love Disc at 8.30 at night on a Friday. You know what? Hey, Screw Love Disc. What, what else are we supposed to do, right? Love Disc had it coming. What can I tell you? Uh, uh, okay, under I liked, um, I, I wrote Nose Pass. Weird. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't think I ever owned a Nose Pass. No, I never really saw a point to it until it could evolve. Then I started to actually like seek one out. But yeah, when it was just a nose pass, it's kind of useless. How about a uh, a cast form? I like that you said that. I almost put cast form down, but I was like, you know what? Steve might have this one. So yeah, right. yeah. cast form. It was cool. It was a gimmick. That's what it was. It was a gimmick yeah. Pokemon. It was it's you could like an Eevee, but like weather related and way worse. No. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, well, way worse, less cute, and. Yeah. Not very strong. No, all those things. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. It's really it. What was the name of that Pokemon? Tropius. Remember him? Oh, I, I kind of like Tropius. Tropius could fly. That's kind of sick for like a giraffe-style banana Pokemon. I really like Tropius. Um, all right, so how about we, we end the episode the same way? We talk about our ideal six Pokemon lineup from solely from Pokemon of this generation. Let's do it. All right, so I'm starting off. With Skeptile. I said that my, my starter was Trico. I got I to gotta go with it. Got to roll with Skeptile. Yep. Um, Gardevoir. Got to have a nice Psychic okay. type in there. Very strong Pokemon. Uh, Sharpedo. Love Sharpedo. Like I said, the rough skin is a very effective ability to have. And it's also a very fast Pokemon, too. Uh-huh. Uh, Flygon's also very fast. I love yes, Flygon. Like I said, I have a kind of a special connection, too, because that was one of the first Pokemon I really trained outside of my starters. Uh, it also has a very vast move set. I think it's a ground and dragon type, which is effective. Uh, Militish. I love Militish. Like I said, I, I explain why. Really strong defense stats, tough to take down. And Metagross, which is like one of those like pseudo legendaries where it's like so, so strong, but it's not a legendary. Uh, but I like Metagross a lot. So that's my lineup. Skeptile, Gardevoir, Sharpedo, Flygon, Militish, and Metagross. I like it. What do you got? Alright, I'm going Blaziken, no matter what. Can't Blaziken, stop. You can't you, die. You can't go wrong with Blaziken. Oh, all day. I'd get a, I think Blaziken in my top five all time favorite Pokemon. Oof. Love him to death. That might be something we have to do after this whole exercise is over. Do yeah, our, our top good. overall Pokemon. That's a good question. Yep. Alright. I, I, I think I would take Blaziken over Incineroar, by the way, just saying that Oof. just early. Incinor that's the one that was like the the cat, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got you. Yeah. He got, he got pretty popular like with like Smash Bros and all that. Okay, yeah, that's true. I, I think Blaziken should have been in Smash Bros over Incineroar. How about that? That's you you got no disagreement here. Let's go. All right, number two. Always, always had this Pokemon in my uh, party. This is like one of the one of my rules of of my Pokemon life is to catch the first uh, like bird Pokemon that's in the game and train them all the way and always have them. It's like a weird thing, like. And this one is a Swellow. Swellow. Swellow's another one that doesn't get enough respect. 
love Swallow. It's 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 just all it is is a bird Pokemon, flying type. Yeah, but it's fast. It's a very fast Pokemon. Fast. You get the Aerial Ace. You got you got Fly. You got Steel Wing. Mmm, Steel Wing's a big one. Steel Wing was badass. Steel Wing's my great. Swallow, my Swallow, I had him like level seventy five by the end. You know. Wow, that's that's, that's, that's a str- that's a strong Swallow. <sighs> love my Swallow. Alright, uh, then in my final, in my final group, I always had the Groudon. I always, I rock with Groudon. Ooh, see, I'll, I'll let it, sl- we don't usually do legendaries in our, our final lineup, but it's, True. it's, it's okay. Cause I have, Metagross is a really strong one too, so I'll, uh, it's okay. We don't, as long as you don't have Rayquaza in there or anything, we'll, we're, no, we're yeah, okay. Be, um, oh, you know what? I'm, a, I'm such a complete idiot. I just. X'd out of my Animal Crossing game without saving it. Oh my god. Oh no. What it does. Oh my god. It doesn't god. save automatically? There should be autosave. I don't know. I think it auto. It might autosave because I know the, the new Pokemon games do some sort of autosave. True. There's a little like twirly little circle. I'd say you're probably okay. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Alright, um. Then I'm gonna go with Flygon. You mentioned him, and I was a big Flygon guy. Oh. He had the. If you had a sandstorm going or whatever, throw the fly gun out there. He's all set. Oh, yeah. Because you know? those sandstorms, you get buffeted all day. That's right. Very frustrating. Oh, dude, don't even get me started with buffeted. The, oh. ha- the hail. The- I remember uh, that is one of the f- words that entered my vocabulary as a kid just because I saw it in Pokemon so much. For sure. It was buffeted. And I remember I used to always read it as buffeted. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You've uh, been buffeted, yeah, buffeted by a sandstorm. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, buffeted yeah. from Pokemon and... Uh, the word stammered from Captain Underpants. Remember that? Interesting. I don't know if I ever read Captain Underpants. I did read Bunicula, though. I never read that one. Ooh, I don't it's, I remember it it's, it's all right. <laughs> Captain Underpants is worth it if you ever, if you I, ever get around to it. All right. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. <laughs> uh, is that the rest of your lineup? I forget. Is there somebody else? Uh, I got uh, one, two, three, four. Five. I got two more. Okay. Um, I would always throw in a Harayama. Ooh, that's a that's a deep cut right there, Hariyama. Deep cut. Oh yeah, you got the seismic toss. He, he's throwing mm. guys around. They kick your ass. Dude. He's tough. Big karate tough. guy. Oh yeah, love him. And I'm not a, I'm not a huge fighting type guy, but Hariyama is one of the better fighting types. Yeah, I, actually, I always I think I always try to keep a fighting type around. I'm kind of like I don't know like in the last generation I had a fighting type always, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like him. All right, and my last guy, you have to go with a water guy. And I'd always end up with a Waylord at the end. Oh. Waylord. Waylord? Oh, yeah. The move with Waylord was because Water Spout was like one of its big moves. And the more HP you have, the stronger Water Spout is. So if you have a, I mean, also Waylord has a a shit ton of HP. So if you start off with a Water Spout, you're going to do some serious damage. So Waylord's a great move. I think Waylord was another one of the original ones I trained. I loved Waylord. Waylord's awesome. Um, and wrapping it up, Steve. So, like I said, to you, I have found the emerald cartridge that I played years ago. Maybe not the original one, but I played it back in college. And I found the lineup that I had, and it's only five Pokemon right now. So I have a, a level thirty-one Sharpedo, yep. A level nineteen Skarmory, level eighteen Zigzagoon, level twenty-nine Breloom, which is one I really like. Grass fighting yeah. type Breloom is yep. pretty cool. A little underrated. And, of course, a level 72 Swampert. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, I built that that beast up for sure. From the ground up right there. But I could definitely tell this was a game that I was pal parking a, a lot over to Platinum or trading over to another game. 
because yeah, it, totally. it was missing a lot. I'm sure if I looked at my boxes, they'd be full with like Pidgeys and Rattatat and shit. Right, right. Or whatever, whatever else, Swellows, Talos, whatever they were. But, um, or uh, what was the other one? The uh, Electrikes, something like that. But anyway, yeah. um, Steve, that'll do it for Generation 3 Part 1, because of course we still have Fire, Red, and Leak Green to get to. But, Steve, where can people find you and your podcast on Twitter? Find me at Stephen O. Scott on Twitter and Small State Takes on Twitter as well. And you can find me at Jacob underscore Morocco. And you can find my podcast, Crossing State Lines, at CSL Podcast. This uh, podcast you can find on, on, I think, all major platforms. And you can go listen to our Generation 1, Generation 2. And I think, I'm not guaranteeing it, I think we have a guest next week. Uh, I think I have somebody lined up for Generation... I know, not next week, the week after that, because next week is still Gen 3. Um, but Gen 4, I think I have somebody lined up for, and Gen 5 as well. So, uh, All right. Yep, and also I'm going to see if I can... Uh, See if see if we can get Steve playing some black and white, or at least uh, at least <laughs> up to what it's familiar with. Because uh, trust me, Steve, if I went in cold right now, I played that game. And if I went in cold, actually, I also play black two and white two. But if I went in cold, I would remember almost nothing. I can't. I can barely remember the starters from that game, let alone anything else. I'm completely in the dark. Yeah. I will. I will do my best to. See, well, you know what? GameStop's closed now. Is it? I thought it was still open. Oh, it's closed. That's right. It's, now it's actually non-essential. I thought it was still open. Yeah. No, actually, I saw something about how some of the stores will be permanently closed as well. Really? Wow. You have to like call in heads, and uh, they have, they'll walk it out to you. I think right now. Wow. Well, if they have a copy of Black and White that costs probably like ten bucks. Right, I'm gonna call yeah. it in. See. See. Tomorrow. See what. See what they got. But um. All right. See. Well, that'll do it for Generation Three Part One. Check in with us next week, and we're gonna go back to the start yet again. And uh, talk a little fire red and leaf green. Hell yeah.